Chase is, is near the top of my list of, of Christmas movies. Uh, I know way too many of the lines by heart. I'm sure some of you do as, as well. The movie is really a, a parody about the false expectations that we build up around the, the traditional family Christmas experience. I mean, how many of you can identify in some way with the main character, Clark Griswold, as he does everything within his control to give his family that perfect Christmas? Come on now, let's be honest with ourselves. All right. One person, I guess. <laughs> the, the movie begins with, with Clark Griswold uh, taking his family in search of the perfect Christmas tree. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, after a, a road rage incident leaves the family station wagon submerged in a snowbank, the family sets out on foot uh, in, a, with a, in, a, in a cold march in the snow into the middle of the forest, and they find that beautiful, perfect tree only to discover that Clark has left the saw. And the rest of the movie kind of follows suit, right? Whether it's wrestling with Christmas lights that don't work or putting up with family that stays longer than they should, uh, the Griswolds' attempts at that perfect Christmas are anything but. Are anything but. They're far from it. Like, like Clark Griswold, our intentions to plan a good old-fashioned family Christmas frequently fail to live up to the expectations we see in Norman Rockwell paintings or in like old Victorian Christmas tradition. The truth is, those traditions and the expectations around them have practically replaced the biblical meaning of God with us. In our attempts to try to create the magical Christmas experience, we run ourselves into the ground Emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, relationally. And we forget that Jesus, God with us, didn't come. Didn't come into the perfect to be with us. He came into the imperfect and for the imperfect. And Jesus' birth itself was far from, from pristine and expected. If we want the holidays to be holy days, we need to give up on perfect. And remember that in the midst of the mess and the unexpected, God shows up. God shows up. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there. Grow us and transform us by the power of your spirit that we might bear fruit for you. This we pray in your name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. I invite you to listen for God's word. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's throne. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary, God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. 
the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, how, how will this happen since I haven't had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus' birth was far from expected and far from perfect. In fact, it was messy and unexpected at almost every single turn. Today we're introduced to Mary, uh, a, young, uh, a, a young woman from Nazareth, a, a village in Galilee. She's a virgin. She's engaged to a man named Joseph. Mary must have been relatively young. Most people think perhaps 15 or 16 years old. She's a teenager, a poor nobody with Nothing really of importance to say or, or to offer. So the very last thing that she expects is a visit from an angel, especially one greeting her as though she were a princess, as though she was someone incredibly special and important. That's why she's so confused at the angel's greeting when he says, Rejoice, favored one. The Lord is with you. Wait, wait, me? All Mary wanted was a was an uneventful lead-up to the wedding. She wasn't getting ready for Christmas, but she was getting ready for something important in her life. Being married meant security for her, the possibility for a family. Sure, Joseph wasn't wealthy, but he would take care of her. She would take care of him. But now there's this divine interruption, this, this divine greeting. And then, once the angel continues, things get even stranger. Messy, even. The completely unexpected happens. Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and you'll give birth to a son and, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. That's about the last thing that an engaged virgin would have expected or wanted to hear. What would Joseph say? What would Joseph do? What would her family say? What would the village think? Just think about the, the controversy, the stigma, the disbelief that would follow her. Not married, but pregnant. Pregnant, but not by the man who you're engaged to. Pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. The child will be the son of God. Like that, this is front cover of grocery store checkout line magazine material here. <laughs> this, this God miracle of God coming to us happens in the context of an unplanned teenage pregnancy and all that it would entail, the emotional grief, the social awkwardness, the faith confusion. I mean, how much would Mary at her age really have understood of all the Messiah implication in the angel's message? In other words, it's far from perfect. And God shows up. 
The story of Jesus' birth would have been messy and unexpected enough if all we had were the news from the angel to this young Middle Eastern Jewish virgin mother that she would get pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But, but even beyond that, even in Jesus' own genealogy, we get the idea that God is not afraid to operate in and through the mess. That Jesus' birth was not going to be perfect, even if Jesus himself was perfect. All you have to do is look at the family tree that Matthew lays out. It's full of, shall we say, uh, interesting, sometimes downright complicated people. There's Jacob, who, who tricked his brother into getting his father's inheritance at the expense of his brother Esau. There's Rahab, a Gentile prostitute. There's David, who ordered the husband of the woman he lusted after and committed adultery with killed on the battlefield. And that's just three of them. Then there's the setting of Jesus' birth, right? A stable or a cave with animals, with animals, with animals. Jesus, the newborn, sleeping, the place where the animals ate. Messy, imperfect. Then there's the fact that Mary and Joseph are forced to flee with baby Jesus as refugees to Egypt because Herod is so, King Herod is so fearful and paranoid that he orders all of the newborn males, babies, killed. Very messy. Very imperfect. And yet, and yet, that's precisely the world that God somehow loves. That's precisely the world that God came into and still comes into to be God with us. And Jesus' birth proves that. The question is then, the question is why do we try to get ready for this? Why do we try to get ready for Jesus' birth, for Emmanuel, God with us, by chasing after the perfect Christmas, whatever that even is? Even if it means stress and exhaustion. I'm reminded of another Christmas classic, Charlie Brown Christmas. If you've seen the movie, you know how depressed Charlie Brown is in the movie. Everything is far from perfect. He struggles, right, to direct the, the Christmas play. He decides they need a Christmas tree to set the proper uh, mood. And so Lucy sends him to get a great big shiny tree, painted, uh, maybe painted pink, as she says. At the tree lot, Charlie and, and Linus happen upon the only tree that's left, a tiny sapling that's ironically the only real tree in the lot among all the fake metal ones. Despite Linus's doubts, Charlie Brown is convinced that once decorated, this little tree will be just right. However, when they come back with this small tree, Lucy and the others rebuke Charlie Brown for their very imperfect selection. And finally, in despair, Charlie Brown loudly asks, does anyone know what Christmas is all about? Perhaps we've been at that point of stress and exhaustion, like Charlie Brown, where the perfect Christmas seems to evade us and we're just worn out. Just like, what am I doing? Like, what are we doing? What, what is this all about? If you know the movie, you know exactly what happens next because Linus comes and walks to the center stage, and under a spotlight, Linus quotes Luke 2, 8 through 14, in which angels from heaven tell a group of frightened shepherds of the birth of Jesus. And when, when he's finished, he quietly says, 
That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. In other words, Christmas is not about the perfect family Victorian Christmas. Christmas is about the one who came into and for a world full of the unexpected, full of the imperfect, full of mess. Pastor Mike Slaughter says that miracles never happen outside the context of mystery and mess. I love that. Miracles never happen outside the context of mystery and mess. We would do well, I think, to remember that if we want these days to be holy days. But to drop the perfect, we have to remember that this whole thing starts with God and not us. God said to Mary, you are favored. Notice God doesn't say, greetings, perfect one. Greetings, who has, the one who has life all put together. But greetings, favored one. God has come to Mary, not because of anything that she's done or hasn't done, but because God desires to. God is pursuing the relationship here. God starts and pursues a relationship with us, too. And God doesn't wait until we or our life circumstances are ideal and predictable. God's favor, God's sheer delight Utter delight in us cannot be earned. God comes to us when we're doing everything wrong. God comes to us when everything around us is wrong. God comes to us when we're doing nothing. God comes to us when we're naughty or nice. God comes to us when life is naughty or nice. When we burn the cookies, when we forget someone's Christmas present or Christmas card, when the decorations don't all get up, when the child breaks the ornament on the tree, when the one bulb causes the whole strand to go out and you can't isolate the culprit. God comes to us because God loves us and we are highly favored. Like a parent with their children, we are favored because we are God's. We need to breathe in that truth a lot. We need to breathe in that truth a lot during this season. Because so much of our preparation sure looks like we're trying to earn something earn some favor, create something that we simply don't have to. So much of it looks like trying to make Christmas perfect so that we'll feel some kind of euphoria, even if it means stress. Trying to make perfect Christmas as if Jesus himself would only come if it's perfect. All the while forgetting that the very center, the very center of why we celebrate Christmas in the first place is that it's about God coming to us precisely in the mess of our world and lives to say, I love you, I'm with you, I favor you. Just like the birth of Jesus, just like the story of his birth, our lives and even this season are far from perfect and far from expected. In fact, Christmas may seem to be coming at a very imperfect time in your life this year. Maybe it's family pain, maybe it's the loss of a job, maybe it's the death of a loved one, maybe uh, it's an illness in the family or, or you're caring for someone who is sick. Maybe it's the breakdown of a marriage, maybe 
someone in your family struggling with substance abuse, struggling with, with mental illness, and you think, right now? Like, this is not what Christmas is supposed to look like. This is not what I envision. Well, I can say that you are not alone in this. Because I'm pretty sure Mary probably thought this too. The good news about Jesus is that in the midst of the mess and the unexpected, he shows up. That's why he came and where he came. So maybe Christmas is actually coming at the perfect time. It is for me this year. As, as many of you know, uh, my wife Lauren and I got a big unexpected news of our own this year with, uh, that we were expecting another child. Um, to say that it was a shock to the system uh, would be an understatement. While I wasn't afraid as if the news came from a flaming messenger from heaven, I was quite scared. At first, after all, we hadn't planned this. What about our car fitting all those car seats? What about money? What about rooms in the house? What about that many little ones under the age of five? What about how crazy our life could be? What if we couldn't handle it? What if we made a mess of it? On and on. Enter the one who shows up in situations like this. Enter the Christmas season to remind me that just as the Holy Spirit came upon overshadowed Mary in the midst of her surprise, in the midst of the messiness, the Holy Spirit still does. Enter Christmas to remind me that Jesus knows life's surprises, that Jesus knows life's messes and imperfection. He knows because he was born into them. He was a surprise. He can therefore help us deal with the unexpected without requiring our perfection or the perfection of the circumstances or the season. After all, miracles happen in the context of mystery and mess. Sure, Christmas may come at an imperfect time in your life. This season may have brought with it the unexpected. Even in the midst of the unexpected, friends, God shows up. Sickness, death. Divorce, unemployment, unplanned pregnancy, on and on. Surprises of every shape, every shape and size. Life gets messy, but in the midst of our mess, God shows up. No matter what you're struggling to overcome, no matter what life may have thrown your way, God promises to show up. Sure, your Christmas may be far from perfect, but guess what? So is the first one. Christmas is God's vivid reminder that amid the uncertainty and the mess, God shows up to bring us peace and purpose and joy and hope and wholeness. So if you're already dreading, if you're already dreading how stressed you're going to be laboring for that elusive, perfect family Christmas, or you're already running yourself ragged trying to, trying like Clark Griswold to, to execute everything, just stop. Just stop. Take a breath. Take several breaths. Experience a little mystery and wonder. Breathe in the truth that we are favored without the perfect Christmas. Remember that miracles don't happen outside the context of mystery and mess. 
especially the birth of Jesus. Remember that Jesus came and still comes, nevertheless. And let's drop the perfect together. Because when we do, we might just see a little holiness in all the mess. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.